Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Guy Turcotte was found guilty of second-degree murder after killing his two children. Happened today. Turcotte, former Montreal cardiologist, was originally found not criminally responsible in the stabbing death of his two children, five and three years of age, respectively. His claim was he was trying to commit suicide and he didn't want his children to wake up to see a dead father. Not criminally responsible is what the first court decided. And Turcotte then gave interviews later on saying, oh, he wanted to get back into medical practice maybe and then get married, remarried, and have more children. Right. Thank you to that Montreal jury. Thank you. Scott Newark, former Alberta Crown attorney, former head of the Office for Victims of Crime in the province of Ontario, joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. They got this one right, eh, Scott? I think so, and I'd extend a thank you to the Crown Prosecutor's Office for deciding to appeal the original acquittal, sorry, the finding of not criminally responsible, and the Quebec Court of Appeal for upholding that, finding that the judge, the original judge had given a faulty direction to the jury, and this guy even tried to get the Supreme Court of Canada overturned it, to overturn it, and they turned it down as well, too. So uh, this, this whole issue of NCR, though, you and I have discussed this before as well, too, is, is becoming much more frequent in our court system. I've checked with some forensic psychiatrists that I know, and they've confirmed that, that in fact the number of these NCR rulings is increasing over the last decade. And this, this case certainly attracted a lot of public attention because, as you uh, uh, implied uh, during your opening uh, remarks about this, the facts of this really just didn't seem to make uh, uh, any sense. And I think it is appropriate as, uh, that, uh, uh, in my opinion, that justice was delivered today. Without this second trial, without the Court of Appeal ruling the way it did, without the Crown refiling charges, without the jury deciding as it did, uh, as we found out today, he would have been free to go, free to roam, free to do whatever he wanted to do, free to do the things he said he wanted to do in relatively short order. Not entirely. That's not a guarantee. The process is such that there was, it, it changes, however, from a criminal focus process, of course, because the ruling says he wasn't criminally responsible to a mental health process, which at the time, uh, he literally, you know, virtually immediately after the finding could have been released if the uh, uh, unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats decided that, oh, no, that's okay, he really didn't pose a risk, they could just let him go. Or they could have held him for a little bit and then released him on conditions. But without any question whatsoever, the public safety considerations, in my opinion, that the uh, the mental health panels uh, had uh, to consider were very definitely less than what would be in the correction system. The Conservative government introduced a number of changes of that, which have been controversial, to sort of increase that focus on this. But this one, I think, goes to the impropriety, uh, inappropriateness of the actual finding itself based on the, uh, the fact of the case. I mean, I've just been reading a little bit about this. Uh, this guy, after he was uh, uh, in hospital, immediately after the kids were killed, he actually apparently told a nurse uh, that he did it because uh, he wanted to uh, get back at his wife, and he thought it was 
the best way that uh, he could make her angry. Um, that is not consistent with somebody that meets the test of, you know, either not knowing what he was doing or not knowing that what he was doing was wrong. So it's good to see that uh, it appears that uh, truth and reality have triumphed over what I think is increasingly questionable um, uh, assessments from the, uh, the professional medical uh, community that somebody lacks what would be the necessary criminal intent. When you're found NCR, as he was, not criminally responsible, the review process still happens every year, does it not? Yes. Although with the changes that the government brought in, that can be extended in certain... Up to three? He is deemed to be a high-risk offender. That's what's going on with Alan Schoenborn. Yeah, he, Alan was, he, he, he was deemed a high-risk offender, right? Who? Schoenborn? Yeah. That's I just read that pro- the other day. That's the process, I believe, that's going on right now. And it, what it is, Roy, is it's more a procedural one. It's not The initial uh, discussions are not so much whether he is or isn't, but whether or not the law that says that he, the, he would there are potentially more severe consequences, like you can delay those hearings, whether it applies to him because the legisla- his offenses were committed before the legislation right. came to effect. Now, I thought I'd read that he was deemed a high-risk offender, there but it had been decided. There may that determination at one level, but the, it, at one level in court, yeah. that's what they're arguing now is the legal issue about whether the, the, yeah. law, the change in the law applies to him or not. Okay. Scott, if, uh, if we don't get the second-degree murder conviction for Turcott, at some point... He's going to. He would have been out. He would have been able to do whatever he wanted without a criminal conviction. He could have gone to the border, and if the border officer, American Customs officer, for example, would have said, "Have you ever had any difficulty, or have you ever been criminally convicted?" He could have said no. Uh, he could have said no. I, I, again, I, do, I don't want to uh, uh, overstate the the uh, certainty of the fact that the guy would have been released. There are definitely people who have been found insane that are held for long, long periods of time. Right. So that's no guarantee. But on, on this one, more fundamentally, I think it is uh, highly appropriate that the facts don't justify this supposed, yeah. you know, exceptional circumstance based on some kind of, you know, with the greatest of respect, flaky disorder that these guys uh, came up with. I remember prosecuting a case once, a woman who beat a baby to death in horrific circumstances, and the psychiatrist concluded that she was suffering from uh, isolated explosive disorder. Uh, I suggested that most of us would call that losing your temper. Uh, and that, doesn't, that may mean that she had uh, mental health issues, but it doesn't mean that she was insane or not criminally responsible. Right. I think that's what a sensible jury in uh, Quebec just did today. Well, explain. maybe you can give us a bit of an idea of what the jury, or maybe why the jury decided the way they did. Although, you know, you weren't in the room, you didn't hear what they were deliberating. But they had four choices, from what I understand. They could have gone with first-degree murder, which is what he was charged with, yeah. or second-degree murder. Or they could have then said, uh, they could have stayed with the NCR decision, uh, or they could have convicted him of involuntary manslaughter um, or uh, second degree, um, uh, not not guilty of first degree murder, but guilty of second degree, which is what they decided. Um, The the first degree is planned and deliberate, and they they concluded that there wasn't sufficient evidence of that. The... um, uh, the idea of manslaughter was that he meant to cause them harm, but he didn't mean to kill them. That's a little hard to argue when you stab somebody like 30 times, you know. And uh, if he isn't guilty of the first-degree murder, that is, of it being planned and deliberate, but his actions, he did actually intend to kill them, that's second-degree murder. The most significant part of this is, and I, as you say, I wasn't there. I didn't actually hear the direction from the judge, but I'll bet you it was a little more precise 
and it referenced specifically the, the facts that they should be considering in reaching their determination as to whether or not he fit this supposedly special out, uh, uh, exception. Because don't forget, I mean, it's supposedly, I'm reading from the uh, criminal code now, the person, first of all, you're suffering from a mental disorder that rendered the person incapable of appreciating the nature and quality of the act or omission. In other words, he didn't know he had a knife in his hand. He didn't know where he was, okay, or of knowing that it was wrong. Like, in other words, he thought he was carving up cheese or something as opposed to killing his kids. And I, I suspect what was the case is that the judge directed the jury to the facts of the case, including, for example, it sounds like th that uh, reference I gave you to the nurse, she apparently testified. That is something that is extremely telling, because those are words that come out of his own mouth. Okay? A couple of years later, while he was on trial, there may be a different explanation, but this is what he said to somebody right after the fact. Yeah. So I suspect that was the case. It was more on the question of whether the facts actually supported what this supposed exception was. Well, thank you to the Montreal jury for deciding the way they did. As you said, thank you to the Crown for deciding to move forward and, and not let this case go away. And thanks to the appeals court for deciding that the original trial judge erred in his uh, instructions to the jury. You and, and I, thank you know, Roy, you and I talk a lot about the justice system not working. Uh, there are definitely times like this one when it does. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. All right, Roy. Scott Newark, former Crown attorney in Alberta. Former head of the Office for Victims of Crime in the province of Ontario, Guy Turcotte's going to go away for a long time, which is the least that he deserves for the savage murder of his children. You can actually say that now. Couldn't say murder before because he was not criminally responsible. Now he is.